Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner of the break. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Dan Dickow here for the ISO podcast for SB Live Sports and the Believe Podcast Network. Today being a Wednesday, it is Mailbag Wednesday, December 8th, 2021, NBA season full swing, college basketball full swing, college football bowl games are all set, dialed, and ready. There's a ton of coaching carousel moves. But this is Mailbag Wednesday where I take a question from you, the listener, and answer it. And it might be a question in regards to my thoughts on a certain topic Within the world of sports, it may be a question in regards to an experience or a memory I had as a player, a short time as a coach, as well as a broadcaster. So uh, Wednesdays is typically a little shorter. Let's jump right into this. Again, the Mailbag Wednesday episode. First question comes from Terry in Salem, Oregon. Did you have any Christmas traditions with any of the teams that you were ever on? Uh, Terry, good question. Lots of teams at all levels, high school all the way on up to the pros, like to call their teams a family, and they like to try to promote a a culture or promote their culture as being one of family-oriented. And um, I, I like the thought, but it's not always the case. Uh, very rarely will you truly find uh, a team that has a culture uh, of family. And... Um, I think the best example of, of a true family culture that that I have seen would have been and been a part of uh, would have been Gonzaga, um, but I don't want to get too in depth on that idea of culture during the Christmas time as a, as a family within the world of sports. I wanted to kind of address a couple of Christmas traditions of teams um, that I've been a part of, like you asked. So the first Christmas tradition that I can remember being a part of um, at that higher level would have been yes it would have been Gonzaga but I'm not talking culture I'm talking a couple of the things that we would have been involved in during the Christmas break Um, you know in college students go home student athletes in particular basketball they stay on campus they got practice lots of extra time uh, to kill Um, you can only go back to the gym so many times to to get your extra workouts in and stay ready um, so what would happen at Gonzaga would there are a number of boosters uh, or alumni would have many of us over to dinner at their houses uh, during the Christmas break. Um, but two things stand out to me um, that Coach Few uh, implemented and had done. And from what I know and understand, they're still going on till to this day. Uh, and that is and that is uh, during Christmas break, Gonzaga's players would would go to uh, either the Shriners Hospital or to the, the Ronald McDonald House, one of those two, and spend some time with the kids that 
aren't at home during Christmas. Spend some time talking to them about um, basketball, about life, about being a kid, maybe play a board game, put together a puzzle, um, try to bring some joy and, and cheer uh, to those kids who are being in a uh, are in a difficult time of their lives, maybe health-wise. Um, and so that's one thing that Coach Few always did is we would go out and and be a part of one of those uh, two great groups so that we would be able to provide some some joy, but then also so that we see just how healthy and, and lucky we are to be able to physically do what we were doing at the college level. So that would be one of the two with Gonzaga. The other one would be uh, we would go uh, – help serve a meal at the Union Gospel Mission, uh, which is a few blocks off campus in, in Spokane. Uh, it's a homeless shelter uh, where they serve uh, meals um, for, for people that are obviously are homeless, looking for help getting themselves back on their feet. And so that's something that Coach Few would always have us do is, is serve a meal um, during the Thanksgiving or usually Christmas break. Um, that would allow us as, as young student athletes who are just looking um, ahead to what they want to do with their future to just always be grateful for what we have, what we're a part of. Um, when I get to the NBA, multiple teams would have coat drives during the team, during the Christmas season. Um, you know, uh, the Blazers would have one. Um, but the one that I remember most, a Christmas tradition, was when I was a rookie with the Atlanta Hawks. Pete Babcock, the general manager at the time, um, had his whole, had the whole entire team and their family out to his house uh, to celebrate uh, Christmas, be together. It was a chance for us to kind of um, be outside of a practice or travel environment with the team and their family. Um, so those are a couple Christmas traditions that I remember quickly um, off the top of my head. Um so thank you for that question, Terry. From Charles in Austin, Texas. Sorry about the uh, Longhorn beatdown that the Zags put on you, Charles. But um, your question was, did you ever play on Christmas? No. Never have played on Christmas Day. I'm glad to never have played on Christmas Day. As a kid growing up, I wish I, I had the goal and dream. Hey, I want to play on Christmas Day. It was NBA on CBS with Dick Stockton um, and Tommy Heinz. That would have been awesome. When I was a kid, <laughs> once I became an adult and had a family and kids of my own, I wanted no part to do with playing on Christmas Day. Um, that was a time I I knew and I wanted to be with my kids, my family. Unfortunately, there was a couple occasions that I had to fly out on Christmas night, and I get it. That was fine, but at least I was there on Christmas morning with my kids. Um, I don't agree with the NBA having, I believe it's five Christmas Day games this year. Um, I'm not opposed to one, maybe two true, absolute marquee games, but I think the NBA is overdoing it by having four or five or six uh, games on TV. Um, it, it's just overkill. It's too much, in my opinion. Though you're, you're taking away those families' uh, opportunity to spend Christmas morning with, with their dad, uh, and not to mention not just the players, but the coaches. The support staff, like the trainers, the media, it's just too much. It, it should be one, maybe two NBA day games, in my opinion. The closest I ever came to playing uh, on a uh, on a Christmas day would have been uh, my freshman year at the University of Washington. We played New Mexico in Key Arena 
on December 24th. I believe the game, if I remember right, I think it was a 2 or 3 p.m. start. And that was a big deal um, for for UW. I think we were the only college basketball game that night. So we kind of had the spotlight. So it was a Fox Sports national game. New Mexico was very good at the time. Kenny Thomas, who played about 10, 12 years in the NBA, um, was on that team. I think they were ranked top 20 at the time. So it was a big-time game for, for UW to get that in the key arena. The only problem is a big snow and ice storm hit the Seattle area on the 23rd. Now, anybody that lives in you know Colorado or the Midwest, uh, Utah, where there's lots of snow, the Upper East, where there's tons of snow, you guys get it. It's not a big deal. You know how to drive in the snow. Um, you know how to deal with the ice. That's not the case in Seattle. So when there is snow and ice in Seattle, the city shuts down. I remember it taking like close to an hour to go from UW campus to Key Arena where we were playing the game, which is downtown. It's like three and a half, four miles. It took like an hour to get down there because uh, of the roads, because of all the accidents on the roads, and because nobody knew how to drive. Nobody could drive um, in, in in Seattle during in that weather. Um, so we played the game, and then I remember very few people at the game. I'm talking very few. I think, you know, obviously being a key arena game, we we're hoping to get 10, 12,000 fans and have a, have a big, uh, big kind of coming out party for our program, which that year later on, we went to play in the sweet 16. It wasn't case hardly any fans because of the weather. Um, I believe we did win the game. Um, but then I remember the weather was so bad on I five North, which is the main freeway. I had no family come up for the game. The initial plan was that I was going to, um, my parents, my family, they were going to drive up. I was going to ride back after the game to spend a, a day and a half, two days with, with my family at Christmas break. That wasn't the case because of the road. So I had to take the train from Seattle down to Vancouver, which was fun. It was exciting. It was, it was great, but barely made the train time because of the roads. And that's only, again, another two miles or so from Kiarina to the train station in Seattle. So that's the closest I've ever played to played on Christmas day. Um, last question comes from Dave in Portland. And this is, uh, this is an interesting one. I, it brought a smile to my face when I saw it pop up, um, on my social media messages. Should Neil Olshay have been fired as general manager of the Portland Trailblazers? 100% unequivocally, yes. I know I had a podcast about three weeks, a month or so ago, um, where I shared my experiences uh, with Neil Olshay. Um, and the reason I was not surprised by the initial dysfunctional um uh, commentary coming out of how the front office in Portland was working. Um, it's odd to me that, you know, it took as long as it did based on the fact that there were uh, an investigation and, and reports being um, looked into. Uh, and then there was a number of other people that kind of shared their experiences, their short, that shared their stories, not just about, uh, about and with Neil during his time with the Blazers, but just in general. Um, you know, uh, I can, safely say and excitedly say that I'm a Portland Trailblazers fan again. I wish Chauncey Billups nothing but the best of luck as he's trying to navigate year one as a head coach. You know, they've had some struggles with injuries in particular to Damian Lillard. 
Um, you know, the new GM or the interim GM, Joe Cronin, has come in and he's got some decisions to make. Uh, he's a super smart guy, super smart guy. And I'm sure he'll leave no stone unturned trying to figure out um, what they might need to do. Uh, I know I had multiple meetings with him when I was uh, on the Blazers staff that year about trying to learn the collective bargaining agreement and uh, all the ins and outs and how um, how the cap works. And he knew it like the back of his hand, and I'm sure he'll do a fabulous job. Um, but, yeah, no, I am not surprised in any way, shape, or form that he was fired. So, uh, again, Dave, Charles, Terry, thank you guys for your questions. Appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, and review the ISO podcast. We come at you five days a week now. We had a week or so where uh wasn't quite as frequent. We weren't uh, promoting it as much because we're having some issues with uh, switching over our distribution platform. So I apologize for that. But we are back, ready to talk a lot of basketball news at all levels, high school, college, and the NBA. So take care. Have a great rest of your week. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.